You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 61. Episode 61. So, Tyler, we are recording pretty early this week. Yeah, I say we played a session together, but we haven't played many because we had to record early this week because I hear you're going to Vegas actually this week. Yeah, it's uh, I can't wait to can't wait for the trip. It's gonna be a lot of fun trip. We're going to be going to the WSOP. Uh, don't. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna uh, kind of go over my whole plans and the casinos and the tournaments, which aren't that many. But did you want to cover like our session first? Yeah, I was about to say we might as well cover our doghouse session because mine was uneventful and you left before me, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, and actually, the doghouse, how I did that session, actually kind of, Vegas kind of was a prelude to. It kind of influenced some of my decisions. So, yeah, let's do that first, and then we'll kind of go over the the coming trip. I guess I'll get into my first hand. It was that ace-10 hand whenever I first sat down at your table, and I raised preflop to, I think it was 20. I got called by you and one other player. Okay, I don't remember this hand at all, but okay, let's go with that. Uh, you will as soon as I, and then the flop came, ace, eight, ten. Um, I bet he raised, I, no, yeah, I called, and then I went all in on the turn. He called, and I flopped two pair, he flopped a worse two pair. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do remember this. Cause I was like, thank God I got out of this. Yeah, it was a, uh... Yeah, that's, talk talk about a major. I mean, nice to be on the right side of a cooler once in a while. Because I mean, you know, a better two pair versus a worse two pair. It just kind of is is what it is. Very nice to kind of get that going your way every now and then. Absolutely. I mean, I know you had a hand similar to this one, but it's kind of like on those coolers. It would be nicer if it was deeper because he did just get stacked pretty good in that bomb pop beforehand. Oh, yeah, that always hurts. I mean, yeah, because don't get me wrong, it's nice to be on the nice, nice side of a cooler, but, God, you definitely wish you were deeper with it. It's also nice to be on the wrong side of a cooler when you're super short or they're super short. That uh, That's happened to me several times, I will say. It's nice to, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to not let myself get super short. If you've noticed, like, when I'm at the table and I get past a certain amount, I've been adding on a lot. So I'm... Because I want to start playing a little bit deeper than I norm- than my average, but you're right. And those times where it's right before I you add on or whatever, that's a that's a great feeling, <laughs> right? An absolute miracle it feels like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made eighty bucks there. Um, and then I switched tables because they said that they wanted to play two hands of PLO, and I kind of wanted to play PLO because of the vlog we were talking about um, earlier in the week. I ended up being so tired. I didn't record any hands. I did not play any interesting hands. The most, in, like, the <laughs> I kept getting 10-5 offsuit over and over again. I was like, well, this is just not great. Um, I flopped a set, set of threes. Oh, sorry, I turned a set. So the flop, 
So, I mean, so. Now, this set of threes, this is no limit, right? Yes, there's okay. no limit. So, I have pocket threes. Someone made it like 15 preflop. Of course, like everybody calls when it's 15 preflop. The flop comes nine, jack, queen, two, uh, rainbow. Nine, I, nine, jack, queen, rainbow. It checks around. I turn a three, bringing in a backdoor spade draw, but I have, you know, a set. So I bet 15, good, it heads up. The river brings in the backdoor flush. Hold on, I'm very confused. Uh, so you bet 15 on the turn on this board with a flush draw? Because, I mean, if it was 15 all the way around, this must have been a tiny bet in the pot, right? It was, yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was getting the amounts right. It was one of the ones where I wanted action, I thought, because it just checked around so quick, and if the preflop raiser's not betting this board, what board is he betting? How many people were on in this hand? I think this is... I mean, so many. Like... Maybe like six. So we're looking at a $75 pot, and you bet 15 into it? Yes. Everyone folded but one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like such a weird play knowing your play style. And, well, one is, this hand is so weird, because for this to be six ways on a queen, jack, nine, and to get checked around is just kind of weird, because it's such a wet, wet, such a wet board. Well, and the 15 is to where if I get raised... I can evaluate and either think about re-raising or calling, right? Because I'm kind of, it's kind of a slow play, right, with the uh, pocket threes here. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a slow play, yeah. 100%. Okay. So, I get it heads up. The guy, um, the river brings in a five of spades. So, now the board is nine of spades, queen of hearts. Um, what would it be? Sorry, nine... Nine, jack, queen. So it was nine of hearts, nine of spades, queen of hearts, jack of diamonds, three of spades, five of spades. So okay. the backdoor flush comes in. Uh, I bet 30. He raises to 100. You know, I know what you do here, and God almighty, this is just so weirdly played. I don't know. Well, you, you okay? Tell everybody what you what you did and how this played out. So, uh, and because I'm before I give my analysis, so it's not just spoiling it, right? So I actually folded this hand. Um, my reasoning was one: what is check? What is raising me on the river here when the flush comes in? And he could have flopped a straight with uh, king ten or eight ten, right? And he would have slow played it like that. Is what I was thinking. And then afterward, um, I told him, I said, I hope you had a really good hand there because I had a really good hand that I folded. And he said, oh, I had a queen deuce, but I backdoored into the spades. Mm, that would be consistent with how with how this hand went. I... This is a good fold. I think you... I think this is a... Very good fold by you. I don't know what he's ever raising with that you that beats you. I think I just call here now. Give it like I know I said I think I fold the same way you did, but like now listening to how they like went, 
is once fifteen you once you bet fifteen on the turn and check the flop, your hand is just so underrepped here. But again, re-raised river bluffs are very rare in live poker. So almost guaranteed you are beat here. This is such a weird weird spot you're in. And part of the reason for the fifteen dollar bet is you want to keep the draws in there for a super cheap price and let them draw. I mean, I know I should have probably charged more than that, but you let them take a shot at their equity, even though they're drawing thin. But then when they hit, you need to fold, right? Well, wouldn't that be the reason to, to bet more, to charge them more to draw? Right, but I, I'm he would have called with his exact hand, but I thought he had something weaker. Oh, I mean, yeah. If he had, Okay, if he has queen, deuce of spades... Then ceases to matter. Like I mean, if anything, you saved a ton of money the way you played it. But I mean, we're I'm not being results oriented here. It seems. But here's the other thing: is if you know he has that exact hand on the turn. Oh, you like pot it? I mean, okay, just, that's kind of yeah. what I was. That, that's where I was kind of lost at. <laughs> I thought he might have like a nine. Okay, so you just you just really put everybody as so weak. It was just an instant check around the table. No one showed any interest or even thought about it. So I thought it was just going to be me bet 15 and mine everyone just fold. I mean, as soon as I bet 15, everyone folded, but one guy almost snap folds. God, I just, yeah, I don't know. Well, like on this, on a board this wet where, because I mean, you might get calls from like Jack, like a Jack would probably check this board. A 10 might be drawing. And just check this board. I'm not like I don't, don't. No, don't get me wrong. I don't think a queen queen should be checking this board. I mean, well, in all honesty, that's a very weak queen. It's actually probably not a bad check by him, actually. But I think the I think the fold on the river is really really good. I think that was a very disciplined fold. So it's a like I say. I think it's tough the way the hand played out like the way the hand played out i'm not sure if i'm capable of making that fold but i think it was the right fold well and then i have this hand that not such a disciplined fold i get pocket kings i make it like 20 pre-flop get it heads up the flop comes ace high all diamonds you have a diamond no okay i check he checks um the turn is like a brick. I check, he checks. <laughs> the river brings in like just like an eight. I check, he bets like 75. And I was like, well, this could just be a missed diamond. This could be a pair just less than an ace thinking that it's winning. It was the guy I called with pocket nine to preflop all in. I think this is a snap call. Yeah, I called. He went runner, runner straight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, I don't know. Because, I mean, he wouldn't play. He would have tried to get value on a, with a flop flush way before then. Uh, I don't know that. A, I wouldn't expect a single diamond to play this way. I would expect a single diamond to bet the flop and then the turn and then maybe shut down the river. Uh, I wouldn't expect an ace to play this way, which means, I don't know. There's got to be, there when nothing kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't know the way that if he runs into a straight and it plays out that way, I think that's perfectly fine. I think that I, I yeah, I think that's a snap call for me. Well, I don't know how much seventy five was into the pot. I guess I should ask that. Um, I think it was 
it might have been just over pot. Um, because if I made it twenty, be I think it might have been like fifty in the pot. Ooh. Uh, that is a little suspect there. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm a little. Now I might actually be folding this. I did not realize it was an over pot, but I would say I'm pretty suspicious here. It was a pretty big bet, but after it played out how it did, I just felt like there there has to be a time where I'm good, where he might just be either overvaluing because he thinks I have nothing. Or um, is bluffing at a pay, uh, uh, versus a player I know is capable of bluffing. I think with a, a pet player you know is capable of bluffing, I think. Because it seems like an ace would have been betting at some point, like the turn, to protect it from other diamonds, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't mind this call. This is, yeah, the way this played out, it seems like this is very much a call here. So those are like my two big hand. Well, I guess I had a bigger hand when I got kicked out with no money. But um, I played a bomb pot hand, which I was telling you about, which I'll just kind of go over it briefly just because I know these can be so hard to tag along with, with just the audio. But the moral of the story is I had a pair on one board and flop top two on the other. But the problem was on the other board where I had just one pair, there was also uh, two queens. So the guy was blasting off, right? And it was heads up. But my board where I had two pair ran out to where like a ton of straights hit and the flush hit. But I called like a hundred and you know twenty-five on the turn before the flush got there. So I ended up folding the river whenever he basically put me all in. Because I was like, I could be getting free rolled. If he has a queen and just any two clubs, I automatically lose, right? Right. So, so I fold. He shows, he's like, look, I had the winner. I Look, I have the best hand. He had, like, bottom two on my board and just a queen. See, like, I remember you texting me this uh, late at night. I, I just You said you got bluffed out of a bomb pot. And I don't consider that getting bluffed out of a bomb pot. That's If you're paying off there, then you're just paying off way too light. Because you're basically calling to win... When someone bet so when someone bets a a bomb pot and you really only can win one, which unless this guy's way out to lunch, he's got at least one board wrapped up. Then when someone bets two hundred, well now you gotta call two hundred just to get your two hundred back. And then you're splitting half the pot. So your equity is just so low that this is not really getting bluffed out of a bomb pot. This is, a, like I said, if you call this, then you just don't need to be playing bomb pots. I mean, it's just the way this played out. This guy had way more equity on both boards. Because, I mean, he had the trips and two pair, which is way harder to lose to. So, I don't know. This, I thought that the, now here's where I think, you said it was like, you flopped, I think, 9-4. Yes. 9-4, what was the other card? Three. I, I had top two, but it was like a crummy top two. So here is the problem here with a hand like this. When you have very little equity on the other board, and we were talking about this when we were going over the hand, this might just be a fold. And not because you don't think you're good, but because if this pot inflates, there's almost, outside of a 9 and a 4 hitting... Your hand is just going to get horridly shitty. 
on this board. Because if, if it's going to either become over cards, which makes your two pair less valuable. Uh, I think you said there was a flush draw. Yes, there was. So there's going to be a there's also the flush draw able to hit, and then let's say it's not over cards. Those are almost all those cards make a straight of some sort. So this is kind of one of those hands that I. It might be way it might be way too nitty, but I think this might just be a fold on the flop. Well, I mean you're right. I didn't make it to showdown, so. Yeah, so I mean I don't now I definitely know this. I don't know if it should be a fold on the flop. Definitely was a great fold whenever you folded. Because, I mean, you definitely don't need to be paying this off. So, <laughs> I thought that was... I mean, like I say, re, that's way too results-oriented to think I would have just won it. I would have chopped half the pot. Like I say, you're if you're paying this off, then bomb pots, you're just going to get killed in the long run. And then... So, now I'm back to being short-stacked. And now I'm tilted beyond belief because I went from being up, about to leave, and then the tables combine... But I was going to leave before the tables combined. Now I wanted to play now that we actually have a decent game going. So now after those, what did I say, three hands, now I'm down. I'm like, great. And then was this led to a tilted bad call? I had Jack-10 suited in a three-bet pot four ways. So I was like, after I saw a bunch of people call, I was like, maybe I can call this. Jack-10 suited? Yeah, but I mean, here's the issue. I'm just way too short to be calling this. I don't have nearly the right implied odds. I mean, as far as I believe. Yeah, that's. I mean, what? How much was? How much was the three bet, Tim? Um, I made it thirty, and then the other person made it one thirty, and it went call call. One thirty, and how much do you have behind? See, after I called it, I only had like maybe like two hundred eighty, two hundred seventy. After yeah. I called, after I called. I will. I'm not certain that that would keep me from it. I, my big problem would be getting just scared of just being dominant. If someone has aces, queens, aces, kings, or queens, this is a disaster. I mean, someone had ace, jack. I mean, uh, yeah, and I was about to say ace, jack, king, jack suited, queen, jack suited. I mean, never I, good when you're hoping to flop a straight. I mean, yeah, like, uh, this is. That's kind of the problem, is this hand is, like, it's just so easily dominated in a three-bet pot. I mean, I don't I don't know how deep you'd have to be to justify it, but it's got to be so deep, and at that point, you got to be ready to fold a lot of, a lot of jacks that you hit. Well, <laughs> the flop came ace-king high, so I was like, well, that ain't it. Um, <laughs> but this is definitely one where... Um, I think just boredom and card deadness got the best of me. Whenever all you see is 10-5 offsuit, which I saw just so many times, um, and you've already had to fold your set, your kings got cracked, this was one that just, I guess the boredom got the better of me, the tilt got the better of me. Make the loose call. I make the call in my head knowing it's a bad call, right? I mean, I know it's not the, the correct move. Do it anyway. Instantly get punished. I'm like, Phenomenal. Exactly what I deserve. And then now I'm like, well, now I'm down to like 230 bucks. And so I, I lost that hand. Spoiler. <laughs> but I mean, I, I just, I folded the flop. Um, it sounded like that's what it was leading to. <laughs> yeah. If anyone needed any clarification on that one. So, um, so I fold. I'm now annoyed because I'm now even more tilted because I made the wrong move knowing it's the wrong move. Like, 
So basically, I probably should have gone home right there, um, which led to this hand. Oh, God. <laughs> right. This is when the wheels completely fall off. Um, like I always say, if you're looking for a reason to go home, poker will hook you up. You'll be in that car quick. <laughs> so um, I get, I button Shroud. I'm like, no one is raising. I'm like, dude, this game needs like, I mean, I feel like I can make some moves here. Like no one's folding. Everyone's limping. Well, it's not even no one's folding. Like everyone's playing very passive. I was like, I think I could maybe start trying to build a stack if I play this 260 bucks more aggressive, maybe. Okay. I button straddle with the intent to do something if I have a half decent hand. I get 10 7 suited. Not great, especially being short again. The whole table limbs. I make it 48 to go. Everyone folds with the last player. He calls. The flop, I flop to uh, open ended. So it's 9, I have the 10, Jack Queen with a flush draw. Not my flush draw. Um,. I had a backdoor flush drum, but irrelevant. Um, so after I made it 40, whatever, I have like 200 and maybe $10 left in a $100 pot. He checks it. I just go all in hoping to get folds and then, um, you know, obviously semi-bluffing here. Um, and it's a disaster, really. He has Jack Deuce suited, so he has a pair and a flush draw. And... uh I mean, pair holds. Yeah, I don't know. It's this is a tough. The pre-flop. I mean, you definitely don't need to squeeze here, but I mean, I think you already. I mean, we. Yeah, I mean, it was one does with that. Uh, I think after the flop, this hand kind of plays itself. I mean, if you are gonna squeeze with ten seven and you flop open ended. I mean, and that person flops a flush draw with a pair. I mean, it, it, like, we talked about it, and I thought the two times a pot bet was a little bit much. But in this hand, it kind of ceases to matter, because we talked about it, and like, well, you could bet 75 and the guy fold for the same thing, but if you bet 75 and the guy calls, well, I mean, you're, you're pot stuck. You're so pot stuck. That no matter what the turn is, you're, I mean, you're pretty much there anyway. So, like I say, I don't know. This this hand, like, is a little bit of a pre-flop blunder. But after that, it just kind of plays itself. And I'm not sure. I Like, 10-7 suited, not the worst by any means. I mean, when it's straddled and it's limped around and you're looking for a hand to make a move. I mean, it's not the worst. I mean, I, you, I've seen both of us do worse shit than this. So, 100%. Yeah, it's a, I mean, t- I think it was one of those that it's kind of, in hindsight, looks bad. But it's also because you flopped open-ended. To see, I mean, you got a, a flop that hit both people, and it hit one better. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the hand that led me to the car. So, I mean kind of a disappointing session to where it was more of a uh, just bad play till I guess I don't know just really just fell apart there so it will mean you talk about it all the time because winning poker is not that difficult uh, at the low limits uh, it's not like it's you have to be a savant or anything but it's really the discipline of getting when we get bored and everything I mean the you've seen me have multiple sessions where I was card dead and I was losing my mind. 
So I think the boredness and tilt is way harder to overcome than the actual strategy of poker. I know, absolutely. I mean, I was just hoping for a suited connector. I mean, please, anything. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But trust me, I've completely been there. And at that point, when you are in those sessions, 10-7 suited, looks like a damn monster. <laughs> I mean, and the other thing is, I mean, I was so, I like, I was playing so tight just because I was getting no cards. I literally fell asleep in my chair. I mean, not I, a joke. Literally, like, had to wake up from my chair. Well, I think this is also a strategy thing. It's like, we always think about, like, well, the flop. How do you how do you play a draw, like, top pair? How far do you take it? Are you stacking? Are you stacking top pair? Trying not to stack off, but just as important. I mean, we ca- we are kind of forced because we wanted to have some content for the podcast. But you look like you were about to die that night, and probably playing poker when you are that tired, when you're that hungry, when you're just uh, like uncomfortable, like super uncomfortable in any way. I will say for me, it's never led to good things. I mean, I was up for over 24 hours, and when I went home, I slept for over 13. Yeah. So that kind of puts in perspective how I was feeling. So I think that might be the actually the biggest thing. Well, not to mention, when your card dead, I mean, granted, I don't care how good you feel. When your card dead, it sucks. But when you're tired, it's way worse. So I think that might be the lesson to learn from that session, maybe, is just being able to put it off to another day. And for me and you, that's kind of tough sometimes. But it's, I think for someone who isn't forced to on any given day, maybe choosing a, a better day is the lesson there. And I also knew that you had the Vegas trip coming. So if I don't play that session, we have no session to talk about, which really led to me going there. Because no way would I ever go there. I mean, I was fall, like I was so tired driving there. So, I mean, uh, oh, for sure I had no business playing, but... Yeah, oh, trust me, I, you're preaching the choir, because you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my session there was very swingy. I went to a... I got into a flip with Jack... Puck, mm, <laughs> did I have Ace-King or did I pocket Jacks? I don't remember. I had one of them. It was Jacks versus Ace-King. I was on the loser. Uh, hit on that. I was down about 200. Came back. I had I got aces versus kings, but it was a very... The person was kind of short-stacked for like 90 bucks. Uh, I did have one interesting hand, which was about seven hands at the end of the set... Towards the end of the session. Uh, I get ace-queen. I raise... It's called two ways. The flop is ace nine three rainbow. I mean, I'm betting this like I'm good. Like, I mean, I'm betting this like I'm good unless I'm told otherwise. So it checks to me. There's a preflop raiser. Uh, this is obviously a flop I love and scared of nothing. So there's about I think seventy in the pot. I down bet to twenty because. I'm scared of absolutely nothing here. Uh, there's no there's no draws. There's no straight draws. There's no flush draws. So my biggest thing is to get someone to call to build this pot up a little bit. My thought with this hand was I thought you were going to say you were going to bet bigger because you know people aren't going to fold top pair crummy kicker, which is why I thought you were going to bet closer to 40-50. 
that's probably a very good observation. I don't know if that's... I have... Me and you've talked about it, and we've kind of gone back and forth. I will down bet on boards where I have top pair. It's harder for someone to ha- to have it, and it's a super dry board. Uh, and a big reason is it allows me to down bet and sometimes take these boards away on the cheap because, I mean, I'm going to have it sometimes. Here's my thought, though. On a board where I have an ace... In games that players are not, uh, who are playing too wide, we'll leave it at that, right? They're playing all the aces they get. So if I had top pair with a king, like uh, ace-king, but it came king-high, then I would like the down bet. But when it comes ace-high, I like the size up on this board just because I know players who are playing ace-three offsuit because they're praying to God they hit an ace aren't folding. That's fair. I mean, that's completely fair on that one. Uh, and in that instance, I think you definitely should. Uh, I guess I'm kind of mixing it up here and there. It's it's kind of a... On this, I wanted to keep like maybe 10s, 8s, or something like that in there. A better, a bigger bet might be better on this board. I don't, I'm not certain, but I will say on some of these dry boards, I have taken where I'm not scared of much. I do take this line sometimes. Probably not the most profitable. Definitely not the most profitable if I'm up against another ace. I will say that. Uh, one player folds. Another player re-raises me. He check-raises me to 75. Here's also the problem when you bet that small. When you get raised here, it could be someone trying to make a move thinking that you're weak. I feel like you have to call here, right? I did call here, and this is the reason I wanted to address this hand, is me and you are pretty adamant that if you get a low-limit poker, if you get re-raised on the flop on dry boards, just fold it because there's a set so much, so often. We say 99% of the time. I'm hoping this is the 1% where you win. No, we're, we're hoping. <laughs> uh, this, but the way I felt, uh, this, and I think against... Average to below average players, really, you should be folding here. This person had a good grasp of the game, and I felt that he read my down bet as weakness, which I have had happen by good players quite a bit. Uh, I make the call fairly quickly. I just I don't think there's much to debate here. I think I'm too strong to to fold this easily uh, to uh, to a player who I believe could be attacking me. Uh, the turn kind of connects the board a little bit. It goes check, check. He checks it. I'm a little nervous now. I think once he checks it, I think I'm good. But I also don't want to face a check raise. I mean, double check raise, and now I just got to let my hand go. So, and I'm in position. So for the river, I can kind of see what he's going to do. Well, the river... Connects the board pretty well. It's like, it's very connected. I don't love it. He checks again, though. And I'm fairly, and I'm now, I'm very certain I'm good at this point. Uh, and I bet 50, trying to get any squeakle, like a like a really crappy ace to call. Uh, and he lets it go. Which, I mean, I could tell, like, basically, he was just making a move and had nothing. 
I thought he was going to check Rachel on the river again. I was going to say, oh, disaster. That would have been a disaster because I didn't really have to go for value there. But, uh, and I, I think if I do get Razor, I definitely have to fold. But it definitely comes in. I wanted to bring up that hand because it comes into play that like 99% of the time you should be folding here. But there are good, I've noticed good, play, like not average players, but good players when you down bet sometimes will read it as weakness and pounce on it. But that's also the counterplay to down betting. Right. So that's that's kind of something. So if people know that that's how you're supposed to counter that, that's what they should be doing. Exactly. And, and a lot of times I will be. Because like I say, I down bet this board here because like on a crappy, on an ace-high board that's unconnected when I don't have it, and I bet it. Sometimes, I sometimes I don't have it. And, you know, these down bets will get through because it's just an ace high board. Nobody really wants to go against that. So it's a and which makes it kind of profitable. So, but that was kind of that session. After the, that wrapped up, I had ended up with. I came back from being like two two fifty down to up eighty dollars. Knew I was going to be leaving for Vegas this week. And granted, and you want to talk about super nitty. Just decided to go ahead and take my eighty dollar profit and call it good and use it for uh, for Vegas. <laughs> Absolutely, I guess we better get into that Vegas trip. Uh, definitely. So I will be leaving. Well, when everybody hears this podcast, I will. Ha- well, I have. I'll be in Vegas. Yeah, you'll be wrapping it up. Okay, so. I will be leaving. I'm gonna use dates just to, so everybody so it's less confusing. June third, which is in our day right now, is tomorrow at around five o'clock. We'll uh, I'll go there. I'm staying at Bally's and that pair at Bally's where the WSOP is going on. Uh, we'll be doing the housewarming event at Bally's. I, from there on, it's kind of up in the air. I'll be there for about eight days. Uh, I do know this. I'll be playing a lot of cash. Uh, probably at most the casinos I really like. Uh, Aria, Wynn, Bellagio. The others, I have to, I'm going to look and see. And so in Vegas, there's two different types of casinos usually. There's one where there's a $5 max rake. And there are no promos, but they don't rake the $2 promo jackpot. And there's ones that take a $5 max rake and take $2 also out of the hand. If they rake the extra promo, I don't mind it. As long as it's like something like you make quads. you make Something you have a legitimate chance of hitting. A lot of them, I've noticed, will use the added promo rake... And it will go towards, like, free rolls for people who have enough hours for, like, that month. Which, basically, all you're doing is taking money from the tourist, $2 a hand, and giving it to the regs. I mean, if I was a, if I was in Vegas and I was a reg, I would love that crap. And I would play a lot at those places. But taking $2 out of my hands that I get no benefit from... I have to watch out. So I do know Aria, Wynn, and Bellagio don't do that because they don't have promos. So I'll have to kind of see on the cash games where I end up. I'm sure I'll end up at the Orleans. I like their their room a lot. 
Golden Nugget. So, I mean, all the ones I really enjoy. Uh, tournaments. I'm going to do the housewarming for sure. And it will depend. Uh, I, some of the Aria Classic series I really like. Some of the Orleans tournaments I like. I don't think I'll do another WSOP event. But I'll just kind of see and play that one by ear. I'd like to do one or two more tournaments. If you make a super deep run in a tournament for the podcast, I'd like to see you go play 5, 10, 20. Okay, well, we can all <laughs> like to see something, right? I mean, we all have our dreams, right? I mean, if you win like 5,000, 10,000 in a tournament, you wouldn't take a shot? At 5, 10, what would a, well, okay, what would the... The buy is 1,500 max. Buy-ins fifteen hundred at Bellagio at least. Okay, I will say this: if I win, if I win ten thousand plus, I'll, I'll go take a shot at five ten. We'll be waiting with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna like I also have to set decide like I'll play one three, the two five. I did not find I did very well in the two five, but I think I was running fairly decent too. Uh, I find it to be a kind of a grindy tough game. I had no fun at the two five games when I went. I had way more fun at the one three and five ten twenty. Yeah, it's a a lot of aggression, a lot of well timed aggression. So I'll probably give it a shot here and there when I'm there. But like I say, I kind of it kind of depends. I'll have to see how the trip goes and go. But I mean, I love going there and I like I love the couple days before Vegas where I'm am kind of mapping everything out. And just being like, well, I can do this or this. And it's a, you know, yeah, like I say, the poker is probably better in Texas. I don't think the poker is the best in Vegas. But there's something about playing in Vegas, about the fun of the, the energy of Vegas, the, an entire town basically wrapped around gambling and poker that you just you can't replicate anywhere else in the world. Oh, man. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I wish I could go, but someone's got to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, this time, that person is you. <laughs> so, but I guess we can wrap this up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we'll have a lot to talk about when you come back. But right now, when we both only played one session, meh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this was a pretty good... I mean, we never even covered your World Series of Poker on Club GG, but I know you made a really deep run in that main event. Did we not cover that last podcast? We were supposed to cover it right now, but then we you jumped right into it. I never even stopped you. Do you want to touch on it, and then we'll close it out? So me and Tyler have been playing on this Club GG app. It's a, a, the app like Poker Bros, not the website. Uh, it's $50 a month, and you get all these satellites. So you win... The stage one events are very quick, and you get a stage two ticket, which is basically a sit and go. Uh, but only one person takes home that ticket. So, and then you get a final stage ticket, where if you win, you win an entry into like a major tournament. It was, sometimes it's a WSOP, sometimes it's mid states. Uh, this past Sunday ended up, it was a main, a seat. There were three seats being given away. Was it three or five? Five, yeah. It was five seats being given away to uh, the WSOP main event. $10,000 buy-in. Five of them. Uh, enter. 
and whittle my way down. I think there were like 600 people in that tournament. I whittle my way down to 18th to go past all those people. End up with getting it all in with pocket kings versus pocket jacks and see a jack on the flop and to torch my dreams of going to the main event. But it was a huge, a super deep uh, run. It was a lot of fun. But God, I wish I would have hit it. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess on that note, this concludes the Textbooker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.